inspired this morning's word, I, I guess. Um, he spoke about the Father's pleasure. And you know when, when Jesus said about, well, the Father said about Jesus, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, you know. And I kind of have this thing that, which I'm learning a lot from having grandchildren and, and even more grandchildren, um, just how much love you feel for these little ones. But it's not just that. It's the interaction between the two of you. So, so when they arrive at the house, you look at them with such delight and joy and love and, and they look back at you the same way. And I thought, why aren't we doing that with our Heavenly Father? Where's, where's that missing? Where's that link missing? Where we know that delight. We can know it in a natural plane, and we do. We experience that. But the Father wanted us to know, and Jesus wanted us to know, the reality of what it is for God to be our God, for God to be our Father. Not just a religious belief that, what's your religion, what's your belief? Well, I believe God created everything. I believe that God is my Father. No, what's your experience? Is, do you know him as these things? So I begin with a question really for me, which is, why, why are we here? And the same for those who, because we put everything on Facebook or whatever now. It's like, why are you listening on Facebook? Isn't it really to have an encounter with God? Isn't that really why we're supposed to be going to church or watching things? Is it not to have an encounter? I find the hardest thing for pastors, preachers, prophets, evangelists is to get out of the way and let God turn up. I remember once being at a a conference and uh, a guy called Bill Johnson was speaking and um, it was the first session and everyone had been talking about him and everybody was so excited to hear what he had to say and you know this was going to be life transforming that's how you all go to these conferences thinking this this man's going to have the words to say you know that my soul is looking for right now and he gets invited up to speak and he said, could we do something before I speak? And he said, and he began singing a, um, an old chorus, which we've sang here quite a, a number of times. And he just, as we began to sing, it was just the whole place seemed to just get filled with an atmosphere. And this atmosphere was just so wonderful. And he said, why do you want me? Why do you want me to speak to you when you have this? And I think that is, was one of the most profound experiences I'd ever had. Is that, And I've been to lots of churches and I've been involved in lots of meetings where we've had God's presence moved and we've stopped it for the next thing on the program, the next song, the next the sermon. But really, wasn't it, wasn't it why have we come? Have we truly come to have an encounter with, with God? Does God want to have an encounter with us? Absolutely. You've only got to read your Bible to see how many times 
People who weren't looking for him, he found them. People who weren't even seeking him, he sought them out. And when he met with them, something dramatic changed. These are, these are my three kind of favorite verses with regards to this subject of encountering the presence of God. Acts 3 verse 19 says, Therefore repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, so times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. It's that last part of that verse. Times of refreshing can come from going to church, from reading your Bible, from praying, from singing a song. It's not what it says. It says times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. Are you dry? Are you empty? Do you feel like you need refreshing? That's where it says you get it from. Him. From him being in your presence around you. Do you know the verse in the scripture that says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's what it says. So he's here. So if he's here, how, how are we not sensing him? How are we not feeling that presence? How are we not affected by that presence that's here? And I'd say that to you on Facebook too. If, if you're here watching, how are you not sensing his presence with you in your home right now? Because it's why he came. That we might be refreshed by his being here. Luke 5, 17 um, this is, this is one of my favourites because of what it says in the verse really. It says, Luke 5 verse 17, Now it happened in a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by. Now these were the, the people who didn't like Jesus. They, they didn't like what Jesus was saying. But they were the religious people of the time. The most religious people of the time. And this is what it says. They'd come out of every town of Galilee, Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So the very people who had come really to try and catch him out that he said the wrong thing, that he did the wrong thing, that they were so religious, they didn't recognise that Jesus doing all his miracles was God's presence with him. They, they hated it. The Father was present for them. Are, we, are, are there times when we're not even, we don't even want to know? We, we're like, oh, what's the point? Is that not why most people are watching on Facebook? Because they don't, what's the point in going? You can watch everything on here now. But even you, even those people who think you have disconnected somehow, his power is present for you. And it says this then in uh, Mark 6, no, sorry, in Psalm 16, verse 11. Sorry, <laughs> I just get Nick moving around on that uh, uh, computer. Psalm 16, verse 11. You show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. And the Bible says, I think it's in Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So this joy that is... He, it says, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. So many sad people right now. 
many sad people. And it says, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. This is what I love. I love it when his presence comes because these things are supposed to be part of the evidence of his presence being here. It confuses some when people start laughing in his presence. It's like, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. What does joy look like in your house? Like this. You know, I tell you what, if you're having a good time, it's evident. In your natural world, in your natural life, it's evident. Reminding you of the story I told last week of the man who used to come to church and when it was worship time, he folded his arms and he would stand there, he would never clap, never get involved in the worship like that at all. It, it was, this was sober worship, you know what I mean? Being respectful. And then I meet him at a, a wedding and he's doing the birdie song and I'm going, this is, this is fine. There's joy in his presence. And yet, is there joy in your home today? If you're watching this now, is that presence with you? Is there joy there? It's nice to see people's faces smiling because they're in his presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. It's like some people are infectious. You know that, don't you? You know the life and soul. You know, when you meet them, they affect you. They start talking, they affect you. You know, you know it works both ways, don't you? The miserable ones too. You do know that, you know. You bump into somebody, how are you? Well, I'm okay. But, you know, and you, you feel your spirit go, oh no, oh no, Lord, God help. You know? <laughs> In your presence, <laughs> there's misery. And, no, that's not the Lord, that's your presence. <laughs> In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And when you meet someone like that, it lifts you. It encourages you. It's some, And this is who he is. And so my word this morning was, why are we here? Why are we listening on Facebook? Isn't it to encounter him? And if we encounter him, there are things that will affect us because he's infectious. Mark 6.55 it says, Wherever, whenever he entered into a village, cities or a country, they laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him that they might touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. You know, that's come from a story. You do know that. One woman had a really bad illness for 12 years and she said to herself, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. So she managed to push your way through the crowd, touch the hem of, didn't even talk to him, just touch the hem of his garment and Jesus said, who's touched me? And there's a big crowd around him. Hundreds of people touching him. But he says, who's touched me? And the disciples go, huh? There's a lot of people here. And he says, no, because something has left me. He said, virtue has left me. In other words, somebody's touched me to get something from me. And the woman stood up and said, it's me. And he said, woman, your faith has made you well. Well, a lot of people heard about it. And every village that they went to after that, the people said, can we just touch the hem of your garment? Because we know if we do, this is what happens. And it said, as many as touched him were made well. That's incredible. One miracle 
sparked faith in so many that many received from that lady's testimony. The same miracles that she was receiving. Because they knew the purpose for meeting Jesus was to have an encounter, was to have an exchange. I sent a little thing out on Facebook which said, um, body, soul, mind, spirit. And, and basically, that's, that's all of us. That's every part of our life. But in certain parts of our life, our mind, our soul, our body, physical realm, our spiritual realm, we have needs. And that's why we're supposed to be at church. That's why we're supposed to be encountering the Father that he might meet our needs and make us whole. You know, the word salvation means, is the, is, is the word sozo. It's a Greek word, but it means wholeness. It doesn't mean just becoming converted and believing in Jesus. It means being made whole. People went to Jesus because he was carrying the very presence that we've been talking about. The presence of God. And Jesus says this in John 14 verses 7 to 10. John 14 verses 7 to 10. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. But Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to Philip, have I been with you so long and you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus' ministry on the earth, his mission, his desire, his longing was to get people to have an encounter with the Father. That's why he came, to show us the Father to bring us the presence of the Father, to bring us the love of the Father, to bring us the grace of the Father. That's why he came. The religious people of the day was, were putting restrictions on people. And you know when you put restrictions on people, what happens is there's a lot of people who feel, I can't comply to all the things that you're saying. I can't be what you want me to be. I can't do the things you want me to do. Jesus came along and said, here's the Father. Meet him. And it changed people's lives. He taught this story of the prodigal son to show us the Father. And in the story, we see the Father meets the need of mind, body, soul and spirit. I've preached on this story just probably a, a billion times. <laughs> I, I did a whole series on the very first encounter that the man has with Jesus, with, with the Father. And when he comes back, he says, the Father fell on his neck and kissed him. And I did a whole ser series on staying in the kiss. Because the kiss represents the love of the Father. And if you don't meet the love of the Father first, everything else becomes religion and law and duty and works. Everything else that was given to the Son 
becomes religion and law and duty and works if you don't experience the love that's meant in that first embrace. And the prodigal son, I'm not telling it the same way as I've told it before this morning. I just want you to hear something from it. So the prodigal son was broken, alone, lost, hungry, desperate. The idea is that as you're listening to this on Facebook, make a list and tick off the ones that apply to you. Because this is all of us in some place, in some way. He's desperate, he's afraid, he's ashamed, he's guilty. He's unclean physically and spiritually. He's empty, he's hungry, he's angry, he's hurt, he's confused, he's unsure, he's sick, he's broken and poor. That should about cover something in everyone. And it's this person who comes to meet the Father. He left his father in the first place to search for life, for fulfillment, for identity, for purpose, and everything that he did let him down. He ends up in a pigsty. But on his return, this is one of the loveliest things I like about this story. On his return, he rehearses what he's going to say. When I get back, I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. That's his heart. That's his mind before he meets the father. As he's getting close to him, he gets the words out. I've sinned against heaven and against you. And then he's taken out by the father. (laughs) He grabs him and he throws him on the floor, wrestles with him in a love embrace. And the father doesn't speak a word to him. Read the story. The father never says anything to him. He says something to the servants around him. Go and fetch this, go and fetch that, put this on him, do that for him. He doesn't say a word to him. How many of us, if we think we're coming back to the father, expect him to say something to us? Like, where have you been? What have you been up to? I know what yours in, in your heart. I know what you, we need. It. We expect him to bring the guilt, shame to its highest. And what does he do? He puts blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon this boy. He treats him with such utter dignity and love. He's just left a pigsty, could not be at any lower than he is. And he comes back and gets lifted to the highest place that he could ever be lifted. The father doesn't say the words, he does the actions to his son. Restoring him. But here's what I see. The father, first of all, embraces him. He accepts him, he welcomes him, he forgives him, and he feeds him. I'm not going through all the items and stuff like that, it's not important. He embraces him, he accepts him, he clothes him, he forgives him, and he feeds him. All of his needs, mind, body, soul, 
spirit. The Father, without condemnation, without asking for anything from him, his son, meets his needs because he's come back to the Father, because he's made his way to the Father's house. I have been in church for 103,000 years. People say I was, I, I, had, I, I was born with the Bible in my nappy, but I don't know about that. So. But I know that all through my lifetime in church, there have been places I've been, even the own, my own places where we've been. We've had times of God's presence absolutely overshadowing us. Do you know, Peter was a, Bible, a man in the, a character, a disciple of Jesus, who when Jesus had died and risen from the dead and they got filled with the Spirit, he's out one day walking and his shadow as he passes sick people, his shadow heals them. Where's that shadow today? Where's that shadow on us believers today? You know what the shadow is? It, it, I, I think it was Bill Johnson said this. It depends whose shadow you're under as to whether your shadow will heal anyone. What's it say in Psalm 91? that we are abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. There's something about an encounter and a relationship with, the, with God the Father that should bring something, not just to our, our own lives, and affect us so deeply, but it touches those people around us. Now, listen, I said to you, I've been there all my life. Some of you, it's, it's, you've not... You've not encountered these type of things. People watching, you've not encountered. Just for a brief moment now, just sit and listen. Does the Father want to accept me the way he accepted that son? Does he want to bless me the way he blessed this son? The answer to that is yes, he does. How do we meet him this morning? Right now, I know, I've, I've witnessed it already this morning. His presence is here. You are watching on Facebook and listening. He's there. But I think sometimes, I was praying before the, the service with, with Nick and, and that scripture that says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. So I, I close my mind, uh, eyes and I try to imagine Jesus sat with me and Nick in the room as we were praying. And as I got that picture, that imagination in my mind, I saw Jesus, I, I've got like two sofas upstairs and a big, one of them big chairs, you know, with arms on it, proper, proper comfy one, you know. And he's sitting in there. In my imagination, I see him sitting there where two or three are gathered, there's two of us, and here he is with us. And he leans forward and he cuts something from, from both of our feet. And then he cuts something from our heads. And I'm, I said, Lord, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm breaking you free from your restrictions. And I just sense this is the heart of the Father for us, that, that we are so restricted that we're not able to encounter him. 
We've got so many reasons why. He can't be real. It can't work. And that's why I love the story of the prodigal. It was the father who did everything. The son just said, I'm here. As he comes back. Can he embrace you? Can he accept and welcome you and forgive you? So I'm going to ask a couple of things as we draw to a close. Can we let him take hold of one of those areas, if not all of them, mind, body, soul, spirit? In one of those areas, we've got bigger needs than all the others. Can we invite him to be that father who takes hold of that bit and, and feeds us or clothes us or accepts us or forgives us? What is it that we need from him? I'd say this, leave your past in the pigsty. Don't bring, don't, don't bring it. Leave it in the pigsty. James 1 verse 17 says, Every good gift <coughs> and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. I really want you to know something this morning about this father who we preach about, this father who some of us have truly encountered. He's good. And he's generous. And he's loving. And he wants to bless. I once remember a, a, a girl coming to me at, 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 after a morning service and had, had a envelope in her hand and, and she said look somebody sent me some money I said wow that's just wonderful just receive it it's, it's like that's, God's just blessed you came, came the following week and said I've got another one I said wow that's just wonderful came the third week and said to me I can't take any more would you give it to the church I said, this is God wanting to bless you. She says, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable. She gave it as a gift to the church and she never received another gift from that moment on. This is one of the things about, I'm wanting to share, he's such a loving, blessing God. And we, but our receiving it is becoming an issue. Can he, can he be allowed to do something that completely and utterly surprises you? That does something and you go, I wasn't expecting that. Or do we only have God do things when we think we've earned it or deserve it? I don't have that situation with my children and I don't have that situation with my grandchildren. In fact, Yvonne is the worst person to go shopping with. Because whenever we go out, it's like, do you think this will fit Samson? Do you think this will fit Elsie? Do you think this will fit Lila or Grace? And I'm going, we come out for a coffee, love. <laughs> it's on her heart and mind all the time. But how many of us could even dare to think or imagine that we're on the father of light's mind in the same way. Every good gift he wants to give. And there's something about us that's just in the way of it. 
And he's saying, just, what did I say at the beginning? In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence, there's, um, rest, not restoration, what's the word? Uh, refreshing, yeah, times of refreshing. And there's healing in his presence. The Father wants us so much, so much more than we would ever know. But the elder brother in the story had an issue. He saw the love and the blessing being poured out on someone else. You ever done this? Saw someone else getting it. And so he complains. Why are you you blessing them and you're not blessing me? And he gets all uppity about it. This, your son, not my brother, your son, you know, does whatever he wants and and I've never had a chance. Never had a chance, he says. You've never given me anything. You've never blessed me. You know, and how many church people, I'm sorry, how many church people would get up and say this when was the last time you had a blessing from God your Father? I don't know when it was. I don't even know if I've ever been blessed by him. You're just like the elder son. But I love the response of the father to the elder son. Because this is the response of the father to the church today. And if you're church people watching Facebook, this is the response of the father to you. If you're not a churchgoer, not a Christian, it's still the response of the Father. Luke 15, 31. This is the heart of the elder son was so disappointed, so feeling like left out, so feeling empty. Just You know what? He's just as empty as the prodigal. He's just as separated from the father as the prodigal was. He's got all the same needs, mind, spirit, soul, body. And yet he's in the place where the father is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you've gone away from God, then this is the story of the prodigal, you come home. But this is not the prodigal. This is the one who is home. This is the one who is in the presence and he's got all the same needs because he's not going to the Father. And this is the Father's response, Luke 15. He said to him, son. So his first point is exactly the same as it was with the prodigal. The prodigal comes home and he says, this my son was dead and he's alive. When the older son says, oh God, it's not fair, you've done this, you've never killed, he said, listen to me, you're my son. The same identity, the same acceptance, the same belonging, it's for us. You know, when we finished worship this morning, I said some words over, the, over you and, and I don't know what, what got received and what didn't get received, but we were singing a song that said, you're a good, good father. And then when we'd finished, I said, and you are good children. You are good sons and daughters. You know, if you heard the father say that, as in God the father say that, if you heard him say, you are my good kids, 
the impact should be like it was with Jesus when the Father says, this is my son, you know, I'm well pleased. But we don't hear it. Because we're the elder son in the field, working, trying our own way, trying to be Christians our own way, instead of, I don't know how to do this, but God, I, I, I want you to just love me like, like you do, like you want to. He says, son, you're always with me. That thing that Christians feel that God's a long way away, that he's not hearing them, that he's disappointed with them, that he's not involved in their situation. This is the answer. This is the oldest brother. You're never there for me. You never have anything for me. He says, son, you're always with me. And everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. God is not withholding from anyone this morning. None of us here. I don't know how you take that word when he says, everything I have is yours. I don't know how you can hear that word and go away empty. I don't know how you can hear that word and go away sad. Even go away sick. I don't know how. But you do know that the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So in other words, I can say the words, but if faith doesn't come, it won't change anything. In other words, do you believe it? He says, everything I have is yours. He's called the counsellor, the comforter, the healer, the provider. He's called all these things. Everything I am, everything I have is yours. Yeah, but I'm, I've got to live with my life. It's what it is. It's like I've got to... That's the prodigal, it's the elder son mindset. Everything I have is yours. He met his needs. The problem was the elder son forgot how to draw near to the father. He forgot how to partake in that which was available for him. So we finish like this. Would you mind closing your eyes here in the meeting, if that's okay? Of course, if you've got children running around, probably don't do that. You may need to... Can you just take a moment? And if you're watching on Facebook, again, just take a moment. Can you turn to the Father? Can you let him come into your house? Can you let him come here into this room with you right now? And can you let him bless you? I mean, he wants you to leave this place and find that he has blessed you in some area of your life. Father, we speak over the people watching, we speak over those here in this room this morning and we say, we release the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit over your life, over your family, over your finances, 
over your food, over your clothes, over your heart, over your mind. We release the blessing of the Father. We repent in our own hearts and minds where we resist you, where we withdraw from you. And we welcome you this morning, Father, to love us the way that you want to love us. Every good gift. I want to release that word over us and over those watching. The Lord wants to send you a gift. And I don't want you to think just in terms of it's a money gift. But that something is going to come from the Father. Might be a friend. Might be a letter. Might be a cake. I don't know. But something is going to come just when you need it. A miracle. A healing a restoration. God, would you send this blessing for those watching and for those here in this room that what they will say in the days and weeks to come and they'll say, I wasn't expecting that. Wow. And don't forget every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. Bless you. Thank you so much for listening and watching this morning. Thank you.